another episode of Solidarity on the Bench. I am your host, Katie Yu, and hello! I'm doing my first Q&A. Also, can I just say that I got a new connector, so if you ever heard like this (laughs) sound at the back of my podcasts, I hope it's fixed now. I'm so sorry. I filmed a lot of episodes um, with that connector on, so I'm hoping that this new setup will make it so that you have a very pleasant listening experience. But I just wanted to come on here and do a little Q&A. I feel like as much as I love filming episodes, I find it really hard to film solo episodes because I love talking, but I don't ever think that what I have to say is like on the theme and I feel like I can ramble if you give me a question. So that's that's what we're doing today. We're going to be doing some Q&A. I asked on my story for you guys to submit some questions and you guys submitted some incredible ones. So we're going to be going through those today. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. This might be a longer episode because again, if you ask me a question, I will not shut up. So let's get into it. I love the first one. The first one is just a simple, how are you doing? And I don't know, I'm filming this on February 12th, so we're nearing Valentine's Day. I have been in like a very bad emotional slump. I have not been able to motivate myself to do basic tasks, which is really frustrating because it feels like in this point of my recovery, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I've been really down and hard on myself for not being able to self-motivate. I also realized that it could be a lot of PMS. I just started my period. Is that too TMI? I don't know. We're all, it's a natural human body function. So that could also have been what was going on. Also, apparently Mercury was doing like cartwheels last week and everyone was kind of having an off week. So I feel a lot of solidarity with that. But today I'm really going back to my coping mechanisms, going back to the basics. I was able to FaceTime a couple of friends today and that was really lovely for my mental health. Made me feel very connected, very heard. And I love filming podcast episodes. So doing my passion projects is also really helping me getting dressed, getting out of bed in the morning, fueling my body with good food. Everything honestly has just really been helping and I feel like there's a shift and I'm hoping that this change is permanent and goes into next week because I do not like being in a slump. I am really hard on myself when I don't feel my best and as you can tell, like I am still being very hard on myself. It is so completely normal to not feel your best all the time. I think that's what, you know, life is, is just oscillating between feeling great and not so great and we need to learn how to, you know, be nice to ourselves in the not so great period. So to wrap that whole question up, I'm feeling all right. I would maybe put myself at like a 5 out of 10 for this week, but today specifically I'm feeling like a 6.5, so we're on the up and up. Thank you for asking that question. Another question I have is, do you have some favorite quotes? Oh my god, yes, I have some favorite quotes. I have a whole, like, I screenshot some of my favorite quotes, especially like from Instagram, and I will save it in a folder so that I can look at it when I'm feeling not the best and it can help motivate me. So, One of my favorite ones, and I'm going to read this to you guys, is by Kristen Corley. She is a writer on Instagram. She says, maybe the only reason you feel stuck or uncertain or confused with where you're going is because all you know is where you've been. But what if this is actually the growth you've been preparing for? Maybe right now you're on the brink of something really beautiful. You just don't know it yet. But you feel inside your bones that something is about to change. And maybe it isn't some big change everyone will notice, but something within yourself. 
and that is enough. There is something really admirable about being able to look at where you've been without judgment, but instead with compassion because it's only then you'll be able to step into who you're supposed to become. One of my favorite quotes. Another one that I really love that I actually used in a newsletter the other week is this quote from a Tumblr post, and it says, you all have a little bit of I want to save the world in you. That's why you're here in college. I want you to know that it's okay if you only save one person, and it's okay if that person is you. Great, great quote. The last one I'm going to share, this is from Young Pueblo on Instagram, is they ask her, how do you get through tough moments? She answered, do not trust the way you see yourself when your mind is turbulent, and remember that even pain is temporary. Honor your boundaries, treat yourself gently, let go of perfection, and feel your emotions without letting them control you. You have enough experience to face the storm and evolve from it. Incredible words. Those are some of my favorite quotes. Thank you for listening to me talk. The next question is, what are your plans for the future slash career goals? This is a great question. I am actually moving to London in the fall, which is really exciting. I don't think I've ever really announced that anywhere on my platforms. So I am going to be moving to London. I am going to get my master's in behavioral science from the London School of Economics. And I really want to go get my PhD. Like that is just like kind of a lifelong dream for me to get my PhD in economics. But I've also always really wanted to have my master's from the London School of Economics. So I'm healing my inner child by really going after some of my lifelong dreams. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm going to be going. And that's what I'm going to be doing for the next year. It's a 12-month program. And I'm really excited about it. I know that a lot of my friends are going straight into being corporate baddies, and that's definitely something that I want to explore, but I don't think I'm really ready to give up being a student yet. And also, I really just want to specialize in something that I'm super passionate about, understanding human behavior, what drives humans, and how we can use that and influence behavior for good is something that I really want to focus on in my specialty. The next question is, what do you think about doing a kind of support group to meet more people with the same goals? And I would say in one word, 100% yes. I have been in a bunch of different groups specifically for my mental health um, throughout my time, just my journey. So I touched on this briefly, and I don't know if you guys know about this, but I'm very open about expressing the fact that I was in treatment. And so when I was in treatment, I did have a group of like-minded people that I had to meet with as a part of that treatment. It's really powerful just to have a community of like-minded people behind you. So even if it isn't a structured group, like I have a whole group chat full of some of my good friends from Instagram and we just get to talk about Instagram and wellness and what we're going through and our struggles. And it's just such a supportive community. And so I would say if you have the chance to be a part of a group, whether it's structured or unstructured, I would highly recommend it. There's just no better feeling than being able to connect with people that are like-minded about issues that you feel like you can't talk to anyone else about. That's why people say join clubs is because you get to meet like-minded people. So whether it's for your mental health or for your hobbies, I highly recommend looking for a group of like-minded people to surround yourself with. And this is also why I think community is just so important. Like, Personally, in my friendships, a lot of my friends align exactly with where I am and where I'm growing, and that has also been very helpful. So whether it is a structured support group or an unstructured group, I think that it is very, very worthwhile to look into. The next question is, what is your favorite movie? And honestly, okay, 
my favorite movie has changed throughout the years. I feel like that's just very normal for everyone, but I used to say that my favorite movie is 10 Things I Hate About You, and I would still say that that is one of my favorite movies. However, I find it really hard to rewatch because I know it so well, and I know that's like people really like rewatching things, and yes, to a degree, I also like rewatching things, but for some reason right now I'm kind of like on a 10 things ban like I can't really watch it and I want to come back like in a couple of years and refresh my memory of like what it is so 10 things is definitely one of my favorite movies Dear John has also been one of my longtime favorite movies it was the first movie that ever made me cry and I don't really get emotional when I watch tv or movies especially when I was younger so Dear John always has a special place in my heart but if you ask me right now and this is actually a book that I'm thinking about rereading because I think about the story so much is Beautiful Boy that is one of my favorite books and is also one of my favorite movies. It is a movie that made me bawl my eyes out. And if you know the story, then you know exactly why. But it basically is adapted from a book of the same name where the father talks about his son's addiction with drugs and how to deal with that and like how he felt about it. And there is a corresponding story written by the son about his addiction with drugs. But I really, really loved the fatherly perspective because you don't really understand how much like your mental health and your struggles affect the people around you. And it was so heartbreaking to see how hard this family was trying and how many chances they gave him the son and the movie is very much following the book i think they miss like one or two more relapses because in the book he relapses so many times but it is such a powerful story it really touched my heart when i first read it and i bawl like a baby when i watch the movie so that would have to be my favorite movie i feel like it's kind of on brand for me to like love a movie about <laughs> like mental health and addiction and depression and stuff but it was it's so powerful it's so impactful I highly recommend if you haven't read the book or watched the movie you should watch it it's with everyone's favorite actor Timothy Chalamet so that is actually the only Timothy Chalamet movie that I've seen I saw half of Call Me By Your Name but other than that like Beautiful Boy is my only Timothy Chalamet movie the next question is actually kind of an interesting one. It says, what is taking up your headspace at the moment? Great question. I feel like that is like, how are you doing, but just more targeted. So as most of you guys know, I do talk about it sometimes on my Instagram. I am a double major, so I wrote a thesis last semester and I voluntarily chose to write another thesis in the spring. I did that because I love research. I kind of regret my decision because it means that I can't really enjoy my spring semester as much as I wanted it to. So that's been taking up a lot of my headspace, especially last week. That's probably why I've been in such a bad mood. It's because it's just been in the back burner of my mind. Another thing that was taking up a lot of my headspace was what I was going to do post-grad. And that has just been kind of something that I was thinking about since October and something that I have just been, ugh, like it's been weighing on me. But now that I have accepted my offer to go to LSE, which is incredible, I'm so, so excited that the whole like post-grad and post-grad and job search stuff is off my mind, which is great. Um, and I think that I'm hitting some sort of senioritis because it feels like, you know, the second semester senior year when you know what, where you're going to college and you know that your grades don't matter as much and that you're, this is kind of like your last time being in high school and you're just really making the most of it. So I'm really feeling that same senioritis in college, which is not great because I do have another thesis to write. So 
that's been kind of, it was on my mind, but it's not on my mind anymore. The other thing that's kind of on my mind is a lot of my friends are falling sick, so they have food poisoning or they're just not feeling well in general and like I'm also not feeling well and so the well-being of my friends is something that's always in the forefront of my mind and I want to try and help as much as possible especially being in college it's really hard because you're away from your family and I don't know about you guys but my parents always take care of me when I'm sick so I'm a little bit concerned for some of my friends' health and I want to make sure that they're okay um so yeah that takes up a lot of headspace and then also Right now, I think I'm just being very hard on myself and I'm getting really frustrated that I have had no motivation to do a lot of the things and like be as productive as I normally am. And I am in this constant battle of wanting to be nicer to myself and also wanting to push myself out of my comfort zone to start the projects that I keep saying that I'll start or like do the work that I keep putting off because I'm not feeling well. And I get really hard on myself because I'm like there's only so many self-care days you can take before this is like actually excessive but also if I really do need four self-care days and I really need to sleep 10 hours a night like that is something that my body is asking me for and I need to respect that so really just balancing the delicacy between being too hard on myself and also like pushing myself out of my comfort zone and I think that that balance is something that you know you're always going to be thinking of and working on but it is something that has been weighing on me a lot is just how kind of tough I am on myself especially in this past week just me like my inner self-talk has been so heinous and I've just been yelling at myself for not being able to do more and really just being down on myself so in 2023 I'm really just trying to recognize the moments where I'm not feeling great and I'm really hard on myself for that and then giving myself a lot of grace and trying to reframe that mindset because I definitely do not talk to myself like someone I love and that is something that I definitely need to change in 2023 like I cannot keep telling myself that I'm stupid that is not that's not that's not helpful or healthy so that's been on my mind too is just like the dichotomy of self-love and like realizing that I can meet myself where I'm at and like me being nice to myself doesn't necessarily mean that I don't care about myself it actually means the opposite and so reframing that in my mind and going through that process is something that has also been on my mind lately the next question is what or who inspires you the most I would like to take this time to shout out some of my incredible friends. I was just on the phone and I was like talking about how I love the community of girls that I have met through Instagram and they all make my heart so warm. So I will put their handles and stuff in the description because they are all incredible people and have definitely inspired me. But rapid fire, these are like some of my really good friends from Instagram. Sophia Carter, obviously literally one of my best friends. Love Linda Sun, she's great. She's been one of my biggest inspirations for years. I have just recently like connected with Mava and I love what she stands for. Like her tips on confidence is they're just incredible. All of her reels just motivate me so much to step into my best self. Aisha, she's the owner of Mirrors Reflect You and I like when she followed me and we became mutuals like she is literally the sweetest person ever I like screamed I was like guys this is like I've made it like she's she's just so cool and she always has incredible things to say she just has such a way with words so all of her posts always really inspire me JC from Breakfast Bake her new series of February feelings has really just hit home like there was this one about how every part of our body has is telling a story that just made me literally tear up so she has some incredible content 
and I'm always inspired to be nicer to myself and to not compare what I see on social media to how I look in real life because a lot of social media is fabricated. She's incredible. Jenny, I just went to her webinar this morning. She just has, again, such a way with words. She is an incredible public speaker and she just has so much to say. Watching her reels and learning to be kinder to myself and my body, especially in like the food sphere, has been really helpful because I go to college, I'm on the dining hall plan, and so it's really, really tough to like make myself good meals. And a lot of people ask me what I eat in college, and it really is just whatever the dining hall serves me. So hearing her talk and like watching her content, it's just really heals that part of me that still over um that still puts too much emphasis on what my body looks like sarah o'neill again an incredible human being i love binging her youtube content so you guys should go check that out she's just like the ray of sunshine she's an incredible personality and then maya as you guys know i met up with maya she's living in la um, she is, again, such a genuine human being. She has such incredible insights in life, and I just love learning from her. I feel like we can learn from everybody. So those are some of my favorite Instagram creators. But other people that inspire me are people in my life, my real life. I love my friends, and I have felt so supported by my community lately, especially here at school, and I am just so thankful that I do have such an incredible group of people behind me. And obviously, I love my parents. I love my family. I am so grateful that my family is very close and that we, like, text each other updates and all of that. I love my parents, and they definitely inspire me. They're just the coolest people ever, and they are the sweetest. And it has not always been like this. I was just on the call with one of my good friends, and we are going to film an episode about family relationships because I had a rocky start with my relationship with my mom in high school. So I kind of want to talk about that. But like now my parents are some of my best friends. So they definitely inspire me. My sisters are off doing the most incredible cool things in the coolest cities like New York and London. And I'm just, I'm just so inspired by you know, where my sisters are going and the drive that they have and the cool projects that they're working on. They're just, they're very cool people. The next question is, what is your comfort hobby? I also talk about this a little bit on Instagram, but I love reading. I don't know, it kind of is swept under the rug, but I love reading. I have a goal to read 90 books this year in 2023. I'm a little bit behind, but that being said, I can definitely body a book in one night. So I posted about reading people we meet on vacation and I finished it that day. Like, it took me four hours to read that book. I just sat down and did not stand back up until I finished reading the book. So I love reading. That is definitely my comfort hobby. I do that over watching TV shows because I really, like, it's also a form of escapism for me, but it feels, I don't know, it just feels better, and it's just something that I really love doing. So definitely reading is a big comfort hobby for me. If you guys have any book recommendations, please like DM me on Instagram, follow me on Goodreads. I feel like I'm just always reading five or six books at one time. <laughs> right now it says I'm reading four books, but I promise you I'm really only re like listening to Spare by Prince Harry. And then I'm kind of reading one-on-one -on -one essays, but I haven't really picked that book up in a while. And I'm probably going to start another book. So I'm always just kind of reading a lot of different books. And that is my favorite hobby. I think reading is my entire personality sometimes. So yeah, that's my comfort hobby. <laughs> How do you find motivation when you feel at a loss or you feel like the world is against you? I think that I can definitely relate to this. As I said last week, it just felt 
so hard to do the most simple tasks and it felt backwards because I didn't think that I would be at that point in my recovery, you know, two and a half, three years later. When I'm the most unkind to myself, that's when I realize I really just need to go back to the basics and sleep more, eat more, go to the gym, and laugh with friends. Like those are the four basics that I really just need to include in my life. And so when I feel like the world is out to get me, I remind myself that I probably just need more sleep. Like I am probably just really grumpy. The world is not out to get me. And sometimes I feel really guilty showing up with my friendships, not being 110% and not being like that fun loving person that I normally am. But I'm also reminded that my friends are not only friends with me because I'm a positive person all the time. Like they like all facets of my personality. So I'm allowed to show up in my relationships exactly how I am at that moment. And so even when I feel like the world is against me, my friends are against me, nothing can go right. I just try to show up exactly how I am with my support system and laugh and have a good time, whatever that means. If that means that we're going to go on a walk, that's great. If that means I'm going to schedule an hour-long FaceTime with some of my friends, that's great. But really, sometimes I feel like I can isolate myself when I'm feeling really terrible. And one of the big things is just not doing that and not isolating. So I do reach out to my support system when that happens. And I remind myself that I am allowed to show up exactly how I am. I also, again, try to sleep a lot when I'm not feeling great. Um, And I think that it is honestly a bad habit that I got from being in such a bad depressive episode when I was in high school is just using sleep as a destructive coping mechanism. But if I reframe that and just realize that sometimes I'm just exhausted and my brain will start lying to me when I'm not properly rested, then I don't see sleep necessarily as a destructive thing, but I see it as a positive thing. I see that as sewing back into myself and making sure that I'm, you know, 110% so that I can show up in whatever way that I need to. That has been really helpful as well. So just really just taking myself away from the world and away from people who I feel like in my head don't like me or I'm like very easy to spiral. I take myself out of those situations. I spend a little bit more time alone, I spend a little bit more time in bed, and I do what feels good for me, and I meet myself where I'm at, and I'm very, like, kind to myself where I'm at. That is definitely what helps me get out of a rut. Another question that I'm going to answer is, what scares you? I, oh god, I feel like a lot of things scare me. I think that if we're going to talk about just funny, like, phobias and fears that I have, definitely scared of the ocean. I am super scared of the open water. Like that is one of my biggest fears is open water. So when I went diving with sharks, I was crabbing my pants, not because I was diving with sharks, but because I was in the open ocean. But it was like fine because I could see land and that was great. But all those videos where like people are doing a 360 and there's no land anywhere and they look down and you just can't see the bottom like that is so, so, so scary for me. So that's really scary. That's something that I'm afraid of and that I will always be afraid of. I also have like trypophobia, which is the fear of like small holes. Oh, it literally makes me like shiver like in a bad way I hate 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 small holes it sets me off like no other but (laughs) more conceptual like things that I'm scared of honestly something that I've been thinking about a lot is because I've spent so much time this year just pouring into myself and fulfilling my emotional needs with my friends 
I'm a little bit scared that I don't have room in my life right now to have a significant other and it's not like I'm looking like I'm intentionally not looking and not talking to people and not like even engaging in the idea of anything romantic because that's just not at the headspace that I'm at right now and I've made a commitment to myself not to do that for a year and so I'm 10 months into that year year commitment but I'm worried that because I've made this commitment I've become so independent and I've become also not like not bad dependent but I've become dependent on a lot of my friends to fulfill an emotional need that significant others usually fulfill. I'm worried that I'm not, <laughs> I'm worried that, you know, like I just have my shit together too much to, to have a boyfriend. I don't know. Maybe that's just a fear that I have, but it's just like, I can fulfill so much of my needs and what I can't fulfill for myself, my friends are. And so I'm living a very happy single life and my year is almost up, my yearly commitment to myself is almost up, and I'm moving, and I know that that's gonna bring a lot of new changes and a lot of new experiences, but I'm a little bit worried that I am now too independent in terms of that, so that's a fun one. And the last question that I am going to answer is kind of a heavy one. It is, how do you get over someone who hurt you a lot? So, I have been hurt a lot in my process of life. I think that that, again, is just a very normal human experience and I've been hurt in very different ways. I've been physically taken advantage of, emotionally taken advantage of, and been in some very toxic relationships, both friendships and romantic relationships, and I've been hurt a lot, basically. And I think that my biggest answer of how to get over that hurt is time. I hate that answer because I love having an instant solution, but truly the biggest factor in becoming just the biggest thing that helps me get over that much emotional pain is time. Time heals all wounds. Hated that sentence. I, (laughs) I hate like, yeah. So time is definitely helpful. Having a really good support system that reminds you of your worth is also very helpful. I know that I hate being needy and I don't like asking for help, but what has been some of my saving graces in my darkest moments is people who I don't ask to tell me that I'm great, but will just tell me because they know that I'm struggling and offer that support. And so having a community that's very receptive to your feelings, very emotionally intelligent and knows kind of what you need to hear and will constantly give that to you without you kind of asking for it or making you feel guilty for needing all of that reassurance is very helpful as well. They also, when I'm in some of like my worst episodes of like bad emotional pain specifically if someone has hurt me I isolate myself and I tell myself that I am not worthy of connection and not worthy of some of my friendships like either they're too good for me or I'm not good enough for them or any of these lies that my brain will tell me so I do reach out to my support system and I ask them to do simple tasks with me whether it's walking to get some coffee or whether it's sitting down and I try to really immerse myself in the connective aspect of my friendships so I love playing we're not really 
strangers with a lot of my friends, especially when I'm not feeling super connected to both myself and also if I've just gotten out of a place of extreme hurt, it reminds me that there are good people out there because I do tend to generalize and like really just start spiraling and being like there's no good person out there everyone's out to hurt me and so just reminding myself and placing myself in spaces where the people that I love also love me and that they're supportive they're emotionally intelligent and they're able to give me what I need without me necessarily having to ask or need having to identify what I need they just kind of pick up on my mood and they try to support me as best as I can that has been super helpful Another thing that I have found to be helpful in this situation is when something happens with another person and they've really, really hurt me, my first instinct is wanting to hurt them back just as badly as they hurt me because I want them to feel the same amount of emotional pain. And I know that that's kind of toxic of me, but I also know that I'm not the only one in feeling this. And a lot of that comes from my insecurity and my need for closure and my need for people to understand how much they hurt me and to to validate those feelings of hurt because if they don't know in my brain my brain tells me if they don't know how bad they hurt you then they're not going to feel remorseful or their sorry doesn't mean enough like they need to really know how bad they you know they hurt you but what I've learned and what one of my healthy coping mechanisms is is just to write them a letter and never send it to them so you can write the nastiest letter you've ever written in your entire life you can call them the worst names And you'll realize that calling them these names and having them actually know how much they hurt you isn't what is going to make you feel better. A lot of times when we look for closure, we're looking for another person to say what we need them to say. So we need them to apologize and say exactly why they're apologetic. But most of the times, people won't do that. And we have to learn how to find that closure within ourselves. And that was the most difficult lesson for me to learn because, again, I wanted them to know exactly how I was feeling and write them this really nasty letter and tell them exactly all the ways that they hurt me. But I realize it's just not productive for either me or them. And some people are really just never going to be remorseful, and that is a hard pill to swallow, but I have to realize that I can get closure within myself and within my own processings. So I write them the nastiest letter that I think another human being can write, and I write some of the words that I would never want to repeat to them, but it makes me feel better because it tricks my brain into thinking that I am getting that closure, and I write down what I want them to say to me. And I do that as an exercise because that is a way for me to get closure without ever having to talk to that person. And I think that the biggest thing is setting a boundary of no communication with the person that has hurt you because it is so easy for you to want to go and hurt them back as badly as they hurt you. But that is not productive. That is not healthy. That is very toxic behavior. And we should not be condoning that behavior. Is condoning the right word? Condoning. Yes, we should not be condoning that behavior. I just had to Google search to make sure that that meant what I really thought it meant. So do not do that. Don't try to hurt people as badly as they hurt you. Most of the times, I think that people are very oblivious to how other people are feeling. And as someone who very much is an emotional sponge to the people around me, it doesn't make sense to me. But I realize that a lot of the times when people do hurt me, they just don't realize how offensive or how deeply their actions or their words have hurt me. And it also is not useful for me to try to teach them or explain to them how badly that they've hurt me because they just don't understand it. And so it takes more emotional effort on my side to try to make them understand how badly they've hurt me. 
So a big thing for closure is just taking a deep breath, distancing myself from that person, setting that boundary, and doing the inner work to try to receive that closure without ever talking to the person, and then surrounding myself with people who will lift me up and who will connect with me and who will, you know, just make me feel like there are other good humans in the world. And then obviously time, just doing these repetitive motions over and over and over again, and one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize what really hurt you beforehand is just not hurting anymore, and it's going to be some incredible clarity. But that doesn't come without doing a lot of the inner work and waiting. And so I think that that is the most frustrating answer I could give you because there is really nothing that you can do immediately in this moment except for maybe trying to get that closure without ever talking to the person. But time definitely heals all wounds. So thank you so much for listening to my Q&A. I hope that I answered your question or if you if you have a question that you want me to answer I would love to do more Q&A podcasts so if you really did enjoy this please leave me a message there's a feature on Spotify where you can reply and like say how you felt about this episode and it has been the coolest thing to just read people's replies so please let me know if you like this Q&A if you submitted a question and I did not get around to answering it I actually do have an advice box linked in my bio or you can go to beacons.ai slash katie.eu and I will put that in it's in all of my podcast links um, in the description and I have an advice box where I answer questions through my newsletter that is a weekly newsletter that comes out every Tuesday so you can go sign up for that it's completely free it's called the 111 newsletter so I do one journal prompt one quote and one piece of advice every week that centers around a theme so please feel free to submit questions there. Everything is anonymous. And also, if you like this Q&A, just let me know and I would love to do more of them. I hope that you learned something. I hope that this was helpful to someone and I hope you feel a lot of solidarity on the bench because I feel like I covered a lot of harder topics that I normally steer away from talking about, but this feels like talking to a friend. It feels like being on FaceTime with someone. So I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you either in the next podcast episode or in another corner of the internet.